But what he is saying is, if you can be faithful to walk with me through the foggy, dark season of your life, that I'm going to take you into a place of sweet water. I'm going to take you into a season of your life that will break forth and you will not be able to receive all of the blessing that I have for you. Amen. You see, God is that kind of God. He don't just give us, he may give us just one word, but that one word has the power in it to be able to produce everything that we need for the season that we're in. Amen. Whenever he spoke to Peter, Peter didn't need a whole lot of words. All he needed was one word. He said, if you are, if you are Jesus, bid me come. And Jesus said, come. And that one word was all that Peter needed in that season of his life to fulfill what he needed to do in that season of his life. And so you see, people are only as powerful as the word that they receive. And the quality of people determines the quality of word that they have received. And so there are four different levels of revelation in which, in which you can receive revelation. And the first rev way that you receive revelation is through education, through books, through CDs and DVDs and that type of thing. You can get a revelation because through the teaching and through the reading, you begin to get revelation of what God is going to do. And so that's the, the, the lesser of levels that you can receive. The second way that you can receive revelation is through experience. You experience that God is a savior. You experience that God is a healer. Amen. You experience that God can move mountains and obstacles out of your way. And so if you read that and get revelation, then somebody might be able to talk you out of it. But when you have experienced it for yourself and you know that revelation is, uh, has been experienced in your own life, nobody can talk you out of that revelation that you've got. Amen. The third level of revelation is that of impartation because you can receive revelation from impartation. If you have ears to hear what the spirit is saying, you can uh, set up under sound doctrine and teaching. You can have a mentor or somebody that will speak into your life and what takes them some 25 years to get a revelation on in 25 minutes, they can impart that revelation into your life. And so it is, it's the third level because what took them 25 years to get revelation on, now in 25 minutes because you have an ears to hear, it, that can be imparted into your life. Amen. And they can bring revelation and understanding that just it doesn't matter how you receive it, it's how you believe. And so if you believe the word, if it's through reading it or if it's through experiencing it or if it's setting up under sound doctrine or somebody speaking into your life and you receive it through impartation. The fourth level is revelation within revelation. It is a progressive revelation. 
It is, it is when you begin to, it is from glory to glory. It is when you see him as Savior. And then he, you see in that revelation of Savior that he is Holy Ghost baptizer. Amen. And you also see that he is your deliverer and he is your daily bread and he is your source. Amen. And that he is your provider of all things. It is a progressive revelation that begins to flow because it's line upon line precept upon precept and because I know him as Savior now I can know him as Holy Ghost baptizer and because I know him as Holy Ghost baptizer now I have a revelation that there are the gifts of the Spirit that can flow in my life and I can uh, God can use me to be able to do signs and wonders and miracles because the gifts of the Spirit are available to me amen And so we see that that revelation is a progressive revelation that continues to go on. Now, in Daniel chapter 1, we talk about a revelation. You know, sometimes people are hard-headed. Amen. And in Daniel chapter 9, in verse number 2, I want to show you the difference between Receiving revelation, impartation, and, and, and the difference when people don't receive it. All right? Daniel chapter 2 and verse 9. Or, sorry, I got that backwards. 9 verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood the books and the numbers of the years. How did he get revelation? Through books. Through reading. Wherefore, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, saying that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. In other words, he said, through revelation, I understand that slavery should be over in 70 years. Right? But when you study the captivity of these people and see how long they were enslaved, they started, went into slavery or captivity started in 605 B.C. And it ended in 537 B.C. That is not 70 years. That is 68 years. Why did it only take 68 years? Because Daniel has a revelation that God wants us out of here in 70 years. And so the revelation that he received caused there to be an acceleration of the revelation. He believed the revelation. He believed in his heart. God wants us out of here in 70 years. And because he put faith on that thing, it didn't take 70 years, but in 68 years, they started releasing them out of captivity. Amen. And by the time the 70th year rolled around, everybody was out. Amen. Why? Because Daniel had this revelation of the times. 
what should have taken them 70 years takes them 68 because of the accelerated blessing that Daniel believed the revelation God had given him. If I impart revelation of healing to you, you just get it. You just, you just receive it. You don't have to spend time reading about it. Right? You don't have to spend time learning. The deep calls to the deep. The spirit that's in me identifies with the spirit that is in you. And as I speak on healing, you receive that revelation of healing. And as faith rises in your heart and you respond to that, healing comes to your body. Amen. It don't take you 25 years. It don't take you going through a process of metamorphosing into something better. It's instantly the divine healing power of God is released into your life. Amen. Why? Because you have a revelation of healing. What has taken me 25 years to learn can be imparted to you in 25 minutes. Amen. But watch this. Acts chapter 7 and verse... uh, Let's start in verse 6 and then we'll jump down to 22. But God spoke to this in this way. That his descendants would dwell in a foreign land... And that they would bring them into bondage and oppress them 400 years. Somebody say 400 years. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. And now when he was 40 years old, he came into his heart to visit his brethren and his children of Israel and seeing one of them suffering wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand. In other words, they did not have revelation. Daniel, amen, knew some, or excuse me, not Daniel, Moses knew something that his brothers didn't know. Moses was walking in a revelation that God is wanting to deliver us. And we talk about it, and yeah, one side of it, how many know you can't exhaust the word of God? And and there's a lot of ways you can look at it, and there's a lot of ways. But one of the ways we look and we condemn Moses for killing that Egyptian. But on the other side of the coin, he has a revelation inside of him that says, we're not to be here any longer. God is wanting to deliver us. And we don't have to be in slavery or in bondage to these Egyptians another day. And so you don't have to be bound anymore. It's time for us to get up out of here. And he just killed the joker. Amen. Now watch this though. So we have an understanding. Say 400 years. But watch this. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 40. Now, the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. 
Daniel has a revelation that says it's time for us to get out of here and starts putting faith against it. And he, he is released and the children were released two years prior to what was set or assigned. But now we come to Moses and the children of Israel and they don't have an understanding. They don't have revelation. They don't know that their time of 400 years is up. They're used to being enslaved. They don't have any fight left in them. You walking with me? They're just willing to go with whatever is. Amen. And whenever uh, Moses looked over and seen that the, the Egyptians were mistreating the children of Israel, something rose up in his heart and said, this, isn't so, this shouldn't be so. Our 400 years is up. It's time for us to be released. But because they didn't have a revelation, what should have taken them 40 years or 400 years now takes them 430 years. Moses knew Israel should have been freed by now. But you see, what we have to understand is this. When we don't have revelation, we will stay in bondage. When we don't know that God wants us healed, right? We, we, we walk around, we, we say, well, we, we're going to get healed when we get to heaven. Well, that's all wonderful and good. But why did Jesus come then? Amen. You say, well, I don't know, God, God just don't want me blessed. I, I just don't see where that you're supposed to have any good things. I know when I get to heaven, I'll have a mansion. Right? And if we live under that mentality and that, that's the revelation that we have, then we're not going to have any healing. We're not going to have any, anything on this side of heaven. Right? We are going to live according to the revelation which we have, amen? And so when we have heard that and we believe that's what God wants, then we'll be in bondage. But how many know that by his stripes we have already been healed? Amen. Amen. He said that it is his good pleasure to give gifts unto his children. There's nothing wrong with having things as long as things don't have you. Amen. And so uh, if anybody ought to be blessed, it ought to be the children of God. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so we need to understand that today and know that we've got to know that we know that God wants us blessed and have a revelation that he is a loving father. He isn't some mean old ugly man sitting on a throne somewhere waiting to kick you around or beat you down or give you what you deserve. He sent his son because he loved every one of us. He sent his son so that he could show us mercy and not judgment and wrath. So he could give us an opportunity to repent, call on his name, and give us the very finest things that, uh, that heaven has to offer because he wants us blessed tonight. Amen. But if you don't have that understanding, if you don't have that revelation, you can be a good person. But if you don't know, have a revelation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can live all of your life and never receive the precious gift that God has given to his church. Amen. If you don't have a revelation, 
then you're going to just go through. That's what the children of Israel were doing. They were living without a revelation. How many know after you've gone through something for so long, it's easy to give in to that thing? After you've, you've dealt with, if it's poverty, let's just say it's poverty. If you've dealt with poverty all your life and you've worked and you've worked and, and you know, and, and nothing's ever changed in your life, it's hard for you to get up from there and have faith to believe the revelation that God wants you blessed. If you're dealing with sickness in your body, you know, you might first six months believe God. First year, you might believe God. But after you, in healing don't come into your life, you begin to doubt. You begin to question. You begin to ask these questions. And, and well, God just may not, must not want me healed. And we begin to buy into that, believe into that. And, and that's what I see here in the children of Israel. They were willing to make bricks without straw. Huh? They were willing. They got used to the concept, the mindset, the revelation that this is how we're going to do it. And this is what we're going to do. And we're going to die one day. And we won't have to go through this anymore. But we've just got to hold on till he comes. But you must understand times and seasons. When we do not know what season we are in, we can become frustrated. How many has ever been frustrated? And the rest of us lying. We've all had frustrating days, right? We've had times whenever we wanted something to work out, we believed for something to work out, we put word on it, we did everything we knew to do, and still it didn't work out the way we thought it was going to work out, right? And it becomes frustrating. But we have to be able to discern the times and the seasons that we're in. Uh, you know, it, it's a beautiful time right now, but winter's coming. And I don't care how much faith you have, you can get out here in the middle of this parking lot in February and say it's sunny, it's warm, it's warm, it's warm, all you want to. But this is West Virginia, baby. Amen. And there ain't no beaches. Right? Y'all looking at me funny. You can sit out there all day long, put your bikini on or whatever you, <laughs> whatever you wear swimming and, and say, I'm going swimming today. But if you do, man, you crazy. Because that water is going to be slap cold. Come on, somebody. Because it is the season of winter in the mountains, right? And so it don't matter how long you think on it, no matter how long you say it, it's just not going to work. No matter what you say, it's still February. There's no beaches, there's no heat, amen, and there's nothing growing at that time of the year. Amen? It's a time for the earth to rest. It's a time that's set aside for the preparation of bringing forth. And even though that everything looks dead and dormant, it is yet bringing forth and preparing for another season yet to come, which will bring forth in due season. 
Amen. That's when Jesus came. He came in the fullness of time. He came in due season. Amen. Because if he was out of season, he would have been um, mistreated. He would have been left. He would have been killed, whatever. But in due season, he came into the earth for such a time as this to come and to die upon a cross. Amen. And I want to tell you that there are is a due season. There is a time, amen, that is a, a season to, to rest. And there is a season to plant and work. And there is a season to bring forth. And we can try to bring forth in the time in a season of rest, and you're not going to get anything but frustrated. Amen. I've learned this from pastoring the past 30 years. I've learned that, that you, there are seasons in it, and you can do a, a certain things of outreach and different things to bring in, but there are certain seasons that harvest comes in, and there are certain seasons when you plow, there are certain seasons when you plant, and then there is a harvest that comes. Amen? And so if you're trying to get fruit in the season of winter, when the ground is resting, you're going to become frustrated. You can say all day long, I'm going to go pick me some fruit. But there is no fruit because it is not there. Spiritually speaking, we've got seasons like that in our life. Amen. And just because it looks dead doesn't mean it's dead. The spiritual soil is just preparing itself for the spring. Is preparing itself for the for that which is to come forth in another season of your life. And we have to learn spiritually to lean back and rest in God. Take a deep breath. Take in His Spirit and say, in this season of my life, I'm just going to spend time with Father God. I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to study and prepare His Word because there is another season that is coming in my life. I know it may look dead right now, but I'm not going to get frustrated trying to manipulate and trying to make something happen. I understand that I am in a season of rest right now, and I'm just going to stay in his word, keep seeking his face, because in due season, the spring will come. And in that spring season, I will have the strength, amen, to bring forth what God has for that season of my life. First Chronicles 12, it said, And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, the heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were, all, uh, were at their commandment. The sons of Issachar not only knew the signs of, of the time, but they knew what they should do. Now that's a great difference right there. You can understand that what time of the season that you're in, but if you don't understand what you've got to do in that season, you can still become most frustrated. But whenever you understand not only what time you're in, but you also understand what you are to do in that season, then you can just be at rest in God. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 21, it says, speaking of God, and he changeth the times and the seasons 
and removeth kings and sets up kings and giveth kingdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Not only is there seasons, but God changes seasons. When a season changes, you must be aware of the shift. Because if we are not aware of the shift with the season that we are in, people will get so set in the spiritual season that they're in that it can be that resting season. It can be that season of rebuilding, of, of, of preparation. But then the season shifts. We've got to stay aware of that. Because if we're not, we can miss a season in our life. I've seen the season shift and people that have been in, in dark places, been in battle, been in fighting, been in, in, in warfare, been in that season of, of winter, if you will, in their life. And the season shift and they're still wanting to war and fight. They don't see that the blessing has now come. They don't see that it's time for the harvest. You know, the scripture tells us there will come a time whenever they will, they will uh, beat their, their swords into uh, plows. And they will no longer have the weapons of war, but they'll have the, the, the uh, utensils or they'll have the tools to bring in the harvest. There is a shift that takes place. There is something that goes on. And we have to be spiritually sensitive to changes and shifts that go on so that we don't miss the season of harvest that comes to our life. Amen. Because there is a shift going on. Amen. There is a shift that is going on. There is a shift that is going on in the, in the body of Christ as a whole. But there is also a shift going on in our nation. Amen. And you know that uh, I don't get on a whole lot of soapboxes and preach on politics and all that because you know it's not politically correct. And God forbid I not be politically correct. I... Amen. <laughs> But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, just as sure as I'm standing here, there is a shift coming to this nation. Amen. The voice of our forefathers, the seed that has been sown, the prayers that have been prayed, are not going to allow a communist spirit to overtake our nation. But God is going to raise up out of the ashes of this mess. You watch me. You watch what I'm saying. God's going to raise up out of the ashes of this mess that's going on in our nation. And the church isn't going to be able to remain quiet anymore. They're going to have to understand this is our season to get up and be heard and declare the word of the Lord. And say we're not going to stand for this foolishness any longer. But we're going to break this spirit over our nation. We're going to break this spirit. Amen. Because you see, it's, it's not a, a government issue. It's not a White House. It's not a, a, a up at the Capitol. It is a spirit, a demonic spirit that has come into our nation to attack. And it's not just, it's attacking the body of Christ. Amen. 
It's not attacking Buddha. It's not attacking Muhammad and Krishna. It's not attacking these antichrist spirits because it is an antichrist spirit at work. But I'm telling you, there is a shift that's about to take place. Amen. And the God is going to raise up out of the ashes of this mess that we are now in. He's going to see a real church that's going to rise up and we're going to see the body of Christ revealed in power and in authority and the church will be full of signs, wonders, and miracles again. Amen. Praise God. And I don't want to start preaching my message for after I get back from Honduras. But God, we'll, <laughs> I'm going to preach to you about where we are out of the, 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 the sons of Ishmael and the sons of Isaac because that's right where we are. Amen. That's right where we are. But that's not for tonight. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom. Say wisdom is a spirit. The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought through uh, wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principalities, powers, and mights, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fulfilled all in all. Paul said to the church at Ephesus when he learned of their conversion and learned that there was a church there, he said, I'm praying for you that you may get this spirit of wisdom and revelation and a knowledge of him. He goes through this disortation as Paul does. But here's what he said, I want you to get a spirit of wisdom and revelation on. Ephesus, what is it? That he has given us in heavenly places, he has seated us in heavenly places, and far above all power and principalities, might and dominion, and a name not only in this world, but also in the world to come. He has put all things under our feet, And given authority to who? The church. 
Amen. He said, this is what you've got to get a hold of. Ephesus, you've got to know that you have authority. You have been raised above all power, all might, all dominion, every work of the enemy, every principality, every work of darkness. He said, and you have been seated in a heavenly place with him and it's all been put under his feet and he has now given us the authority over all of this. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're not hoping someday we can get it right. We're not hoping someday it'll get better. Jesus, our elder brother, we've got to get this revelation. We've got to get this understanding. I know we have preached and I know we have talked about it, but it's got to get in us that we're not just here to be drugged through this world and hope one day we'll go somewhere better. But Jesus came from his throne, died upon a cross, gave dominion and authority destroyed principalities broke the back of hell and gave authority to you and I the believer and said these signs shall follow them that believe that in my name you shall cast out devils you will speak with new tongues you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover you'll drink in a deadly thing and he says I'm giving you the power I'm giving the authority to the church the authority doesn't lie in the government the authority doesn't lie in the bank system or the educational system. God has given authority to the church of the living God. We have authority on this earth to rule and to reign with dominion, power and authority and we don't have to back up from no devil. Amen. See, whenever we get that understanding we'll begin to walk in authority and dominion and we will say we will possess the land. Amen. We've got to get that revelation. There is very few days goes by that I don't pray Ephesians 1 and 7. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And the knowledge of him and his eyes. Give me eyes of understanding. Let me understand what's going on today, God. And then when I see what's going on, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation what I need to do about it. Because I really believe the steps of God's people are ordered of the Lord. But we've still got to talk to him. There's got to be a communication going on. We've got to talk to him. And when we talk to him, he'll talk to us. And he'll give us direction for our lives. Amen. Amen. I believe God wants there to be a spiritual awakening in this last day. I believe that we're going to see supernatural things happen in this house. I believe that it's not only going to happen in this house, but I believe that the body of Christ, but I'm believing for this house because this is where God has appointed me. And I'm believing for supernatural things to happen in this next season that we're about to step into. Amen. The natural, the season is changing. The leaves are going from green to red, yellow, orange. All of these different colors 
And these majestic mountains are beautiful this time of the year. But it's interesting to me that busloads of people will come from all over the country and look at these beautiful mountains, the different colors and the foliage and all of that, and I can understand why they do that. That's not what amazes me. What amazes me is they come to see something that is dead. They're not getting on the buses and come in in here when the leaves are green. They're coming in here whenever the leaves are dying. I think I'm saying this right. The glucose is leaving the leaf, the sap, the glucose, that which it causes the leaf to continue to be green is now leaving. And as it leaves, it's only then that it begins to turn its beautiful colors of gold and red and yellow, all of that. And it's a sign that that leaf is dying. The green represents our flesh represents ourself, what we are able to produce. But the beauty don't show up until we're willing to die. So he's able to be revealed. John said it like this, he must increase so that I must decrease. Until there is a revelation Are you walking with me? I'm almost done. Until there is a revelation of him high and lifted up and his train filling the temple. Until there is a revelation of him being greater than what we have seen before. John says, I'm not willing to decrease. But the moment that I get revelation that he is greater then not only is he increased, but then I must decrease. Amen. And so it's this journey that I'm on tonight that if I am going to be able to produce the beauty of his glory and see the power of his spirit through flowing through my life, I like the trees and the leaves that are turning right now across this, this country. Amen. I've got to be willing to say, God, I've got a revelation of you and I must decrease so that you can increase. Show your beauty, show your power, show your glory and reveal it through my life. Let people know that Brian Matthews has died, but it's not I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. Amen. Let them know the flesh has died, not my will, but your will be done. Let them know how will men know because they'll see the beautiful colors and they'll say that cannot be attributed to Brian Matthews. I know him. (laughs) Come on. Amen. I know what he's able to do, but I see the beauty. I see this wonderful thing that has taken place and I know that it's God working through their life. How many want God to just work through our life, to get a revelation of him being greater, that we decrease so that he can increase in us. Amen.
And if we're willing to do that, but you see the problem is this, is we have come to a place like the children of Israel that we have got satisfied with the great river. But God didn't say, I'm just going to give you the great river. He didn't even say, I'm just going to give you the Jordan. He said, I'm going to give you the, the river Euphrates. I'm going to give you to a place of breaking forth. And we have got so comfortable with just what our minds can conceive. But we need to get into the revelation of his word. We need to get into the spirit of God and intercession and say, God, become bigger. Give me a revelation of you something greater so that I can begin to believe you because I know where I am. It's not the Euphrates. Where I am, it's still foggy. Where I am, it's still dark. It's has got to be the Nile. I know the Jordan is good, but I know you have promised me Euphrates. You promised me a breaking forth. You have promised me sweet water. And where I am right now is not that. So there's got to be something greater. And he said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered in the heart of man. That's where I I want to go. That's the God that I want a revelation of. So don't settle for the Nile and don't settle for the Jordan when God has given you the Euphrates. When he's promised you a breaking forth. Revelation is the key to stepping into something you have never stepped into before. But it takes faith, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. But revelation comes by seeing. And when you see it, and when you hear it, you receive that key to unlock that door and walk into what God has already prepared for you. Is that all right? How many is ready to walk into something you've never walked into before? Ready to experience God in a brand new way. Amen. You know, you say, well, I've done experience God and I know what there is to know. I want to tell you, if I ever get to that place, I just want him to take me. Because the way I see it, if there ain't nothing more to learn about him, then I need to just go on. I'm just taking up space. But I believe as long as we're on this earth, there is a greater revelation. There is a greater understanding. Amen. There is something more that he wants to reveal himself to us in. And I just want to walk in that. So that word in season is able to amend what I've been through but also able to renovate my future. And it may not be what I've seen yet, but that revelation, with that revelation, and with that faith, and with that key, I can unlock my future. And that's where I want to stop tonight, and I'll pick up on Sunday morning. But your words have power. That's the reason we have to know when to hold them and when to fold them. We need to know when to speak and when to remain silent. And we have to sometimes teach ourselves how to speak.